Hello, everybody, and welcome to Penguins to Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. Find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. If you listen to this morning's episode where I talked about Mikhail Granlin, I did say that I had another one for you coming later today, and here it is. We're going to break down trade deadline day as pencils are down across the National Hockey League. All the moves have been made. Pittsburgh Penguins general manager Ron Hextall makes two on trade deadline day. I guess you could say on trade deadline day. We don't exactly know when the Benino deal went through. It was announced during deadline day, so we'll say two on deadline day, bringing his total to four trades made in the past week. Let's start with Nick Benino because that's who we know the most. Penguins acquire Nick Benino from the San Jose Sharks in exchange for a conditional fifth and seventh round pick. The Sharks also traded a fifth rounder to Montreal so they could retain some salary and get Benino to the Penguins for 50% retained salary. So his contract is worth basically a million dollars. When you look at this deal, you bring in a 34-year-old center on the final year of his contract, mind you. Remember, it was late last week where Ron Hextall said, you know what? We want to bring in guys that have a term. We don't want rentals, right? We don't want to give up assets for rentals. I have a feeling the news of Ryan Paling continuing to struggle with the injuries that he has struggled with this week probably led to this trade. So the Penguins bring bring back, excuse me, Penguins bring back Nick Bonino. Obviously, everybody remembers he spent two seasons with the Pittsburgh Penguins between 2015 and 2017. He won two Stanley Cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins and centered the famed HBK line in 2016, scoring one of the biggest goals, if not the biggest goal, in PPG Paints Arena history. I think you can make an argument between that and the Chris Kunitz goal in double overtime of the Eastern Conference Finals in 2017. But regardless... Bones is 8-0 in playoff series with the Pittsburgh Penguins. So if you'll believe in karma, if you believe in good juju, there's a little bit of that coming back with Nick Benino coming from San Jose back to the city of Pittsburgh. If you look at him this season, he has 19 points in 59 games, 10 of them being goals. So immediately we expect him to be a fourth line center and step in for where Teddy Bluger departed when he went over to Vegas earlier in the week. Ten goals is much more than Bluger because Bluger only had two on the season. Ten goals is more than Paling, who we expected to be that fourth-line center when Bluger was traded. So he brings a little bit of offensive flair still, but the reason Ron Hextall went out and got him, the reason you acquire a guy like Nick Bonino at this stage of his career is not to be an offensive force in your bottom six, right? Now, the Pittsburgh Penguins were so inept when it came to bottom six scoring that this provides an upgrade slightly, in my opinion. But the reason you go out and get him is because he can win you faceoffs. He's a great fourth line center at this stage of his career in the fact that he is very, very stout defensively. And I've said it a couple of times. I don't know if I've actually made a statement about it, but I've said it a couple of times. This Pittsburgh Penguins team is not going to outgun anybody, especially once they get to the playoffs. So you need to make sure you have guys, especially in the bottom six, when guys like Crosby and Malkin and Latang are taking a blow, you need to have guys in the bottom six that aren't going to lose you the game in that aspect. And it would be nice if they scored a goal as well, but the main point is they shouldn't be giving up goals. Nick Benino provides that. Defensively, he is solid. On the penalty kill, 
He is solid. In the playoffs, he has a proven track record. Like we said, with the Bonino on the Penguins, this team is 8-0, right? Two-time Stanley Cup champion. Hard to degree or disagree with that pedigree. Now, when you look at the bottom six after the trade deadline, no Ron Hextall didn't go out and get the big name, right? Jacob Shikrin was in rumors to the Penguins. JT Miller was in rumors to the Penguins. A couple weeks ago, Brock Besser was the big name, rumored to be potentially on the move to the Pittsburgh Penguins. That didn't happen. He goes out and gets Mikhail Granlin earlier in the week. I talked about him earlier this morning. Thought he looked good yesterday. Don't love the contract, right? I don't love the contract. But regardless, adding Granlund and Bonino, I don't know how much better it makes your bottom six, but I would say it offensively certainly took a step forward. Might have been a baby step, but it's a step forward, right? When you look at where the bottom six was, it was so bad before last Friday when they put Kasperi Kapanen on waivers. It's changed a lot since then. So in my eyes, this is your bottom six once you get Ryan Paling back, right? Because I think we all agree that Paling has been a pleasant surprise this season considering he was the throw-in on the Petrie-Matheson trade. So I believe he gets back in the lineup when he's healthy. We don't know what that situation is. He suffered a setback on Tuesday. We expect him to be playing potentially Thursday. That's not happening. Clearly, the Benino trade signals that there's a little bit of worry amongst the ranks of the Pittsburgh Penguins' minds when it comes to Ryan Paling, right? So the bottom six, when healthy, in my opinion, is this. Heinen, Carter, Granlund, which we saw last night. I know we all want Carter off the center, and we want him on the wing. I believe Granlund can play center, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that was mentioned in Jesse Marshall's write-up of him in The Athletic. I'll have to go back and reaffirm and, and reread that. But you can as well, so go check that out. So I would say that's your third line. Drew O'Connor, Nick Bonino, Ryan Paling, when all healthy, is your fourth line. I don't hate that. I don't love it. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot that could be done to fix it, especially when you get into the books and the salaries and the, and the cap hits and all of that. It's not perfect. It's not great, even. But I like that more than I liked it seven days ago when the Penguins were coming off of that embarrassing loss to the Edmonton Oilers. I like it better. Is it miles better? No. Is it marginally better? I'll give it to you. It's marginally better. It kind of seems like Nylander and Pustinen have been pushed to the side again, which kind of bothers me. And that's something I can get into at a, at a later date. But it doesn't seem like there's a place for them in this lineup anymore. Unless the Penguins are done with Heinen. But Danton Heinen's looked good in the last four games that he's played in. The problem with Heinen is keeping that consistency up and doing that over a long period of time, which we'll have to wait and see. The only thing that I ask of Ron Hextall, if he has more moves in him, I don't know if he's going to get fired by the end of the season. I feel like the writing's on the walls, but I might be mistaken. Nobody knows what FSG is thinking because FSG hasn't talked to anybody. It might be over for Ron Hextall after this season, but if it's not, even though I like the addition of Benino, especially considering you barely gave anything up for him, his contract's up at the end of the season, it doesn't cost that much to begin with because you got it retained through a third party. 
don't become the Scotty Bowman Blackhawks teams of the late 2010s. Just don't, right? Getting the band back together is something we've said several times over the past year. When it's Malkin, Latang, and Crosby, yes, you do that, right? But then you start bringing back role players, Bonino, in a vacuum, fine. Don't let that be the start. I saw some guys float out there today. Maybe Connor Sherry to the Penguins. No. We don't need to keep bringing these players back. I don't know where Tom Kunockle is, but you don't need him on this Pittsburgh Penguins lineup, right? Scott Wilson, let's not get the band back together with a bunch of these depth guys. Bonino, in this situation, fits the needs of the Pittsburgh Penguins. It makes sense, but let's uh, let's not keep that parade of, of former Stanley Cup players coming on back. Saw Patrick Marlowe was at the team's practice today, and I said, let's let's not talk him out of retirement, right? Not that I think they would be able to, but uh, let's just let's keep those guys where they are. Let them enjoy retirement. Marlowe lives in Florida, I guess. I mean, shoot. Enjoy the beach. Don't get back on the ice. They also acquired, you know, there was another move today. They also acquired Dmitry Kulikov of, from the Anaheim Ducks. When this trade happened, I was, I was trying to make lunch. I thought, okay, I got a couple minutes here where I can get away from my phone, make lunch, decompress a little bit. I should have known better. You know, today was a slow deadline day, mainly because it's been a very fast-paced week. Trades have been coming throughout the week over the past 10 days, really. So you had to know that there wasn't much left to happen today. The big names were all gone and stuff like that. So I thought, okay, let, let me go make some lunch. And then all of a sudden I hear on ESPN's uh, trade special, oh, we have a trade to announce, Dmitry Kulikov. And I said, don't you say it. Don't you say it. And they did. Dmitry Kulikov to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And immediately my thought was, is there another move coming? <laughs> the big story of the offseason was, oh, the Penguins have eight NHL caliber defensemen now. Oh, no, sorry, they had nine NHL-caliber defensemen. They got to trade one. Well, that was seven months ago, right? They haven't traded one. So trading for another one, now you're in the double digits. Ten NHL-caliber defensemen. There was two hours to the deadline. So I was like, all right, is this, is this an indicator that Ron's going out and trying to trade a defenseman? Is it Dumoulin? Is it Ruda? Is it, you know, God forbid, Pedersen or POJ? Nope. In fact, Ron Hextall, when addressing the media after the deadline, said, I had no machinations of uh, trading a defenseman away. The reason he went out and got Dmitry Kulikov, and the reasoning is sound, and the return was sound, in my opinion, uh, at the end of the day, the reasoning was, well, you know, we lost X-Man, Xavier Ouellette, who's been in the minors all year. Some of you might not have ever even heard that name. Xavier Ouellette, out for the season. Ty Smith is currently week-to-week -week with a facial fracture. So this is a purely depth move. Does everybody remember when the Penguins went out and got Chris Weidman? Not the MMA fighter, the veteran defender. You probably don't, because he never suited up as a Pittsburgh Penguin, but he was acquired on deadline day. Right? I feel like this is probably something similar. Kulikov is a, a higher caliber of player than Weidman was at that stage of his career, but again... Penguins acquired Dmitry Kulikov in exchange for Brock McGinn and a 2024 fourth-round pick. So not only does Ron Hextall say, you know what, we wanted some depth, we wanted that fourth left-shot defenseman because we don't know where Ty Smith is at in his injury recovery. We have the right side down to four with Ruedel. We wanted the left side down to four with Kulikov. Okay, not only that, he trades away 
a fourth-round pick, to help boost Brock McGinn's salary cap off the books, which, very good for the Penguins, right? Brock McGinn, clearly, if you send him through waivers with two years left on his contract and bury his contract in the minors earlier this week, it seemed like that was the beginning of the end. A lot of people thought, okay, probably signals that he's, he's trade bait this week. The question is whether or not they're going to be able to offload him. They did. Anaheim takes him and his entire $2.75 million salary cap hit. It's gone. Good for Ron Hextall. Now, I don't know how much of a, a good grade I can really give him because he's simply erasing a mistake that he made two off seasons ago, such as him erasing a mistake with Kasperi Kapton by placing him on waivers and being bailed out by the St. Louis Blues last week because he signed him to that bad contract in the summer. So I'm not going to give him a great grade for it. It's a nice, tidy piece of business, right? It's a tidy piece of business, and it's him accepting that the deal that he made two years ago was a bad deal for the Penguins. He got him out from under it with two years left and no retained salary. Good on him. With Kulikov, you get a depth defenseman. Like I said, he might not see the ice. He's a pending unrestricted free agent at 32 years old. He's having a really bad season this year, but he also was playing for a team in the Anaheim Ducks who were gunning for Connor Bedard. And their way of doing that is not playing defense. <laughs> He's playing with Kevin Shattenkirk. When Shattenkirk was at the top of his powers, he wasn't good defensively. Like, he wasn't responsible defensively, if you know what I'm saying. So Kulikov being staple gun to him on one of the worst defensive teams in the NHL, then you get his numbers that have decreased and declined extremely. If you look at his numbers the season before, when he was in Minnesota, much better. You know, as a third-pairing defenseman, not bad. You'll take it, Right. Now, is he better than anybody that's currently in the roster and then in the lineup for the Penguins? No, he's not. So, again, he shouldn't see the lineup unless, knock on wood, unless there's an injury. So we're hoping to never see Dmitry Kulikov. At the end of the day, injury insurance gets rid of McGinn, tidy piece of business. Although, asterisk, it's a tidy piece of business that you needed to do because he made the stupid deal in the first place. So the final tally... On trade deadline day, on trade deadline week, because that's really what it is. It's been a week-long event. I saw somebody make the joke, you know, trade deadline day used to be like Christmas. Now it's like Hanukkah. It's like eight years. Or not eight years. Like eight days. You know, and nothing against Hanukkah. I have enjoyed this trade deadline period. It has been wire-to-wire crazy for the past 10 days. I kind of like it. Although I do miss having everything come down to the one day on deadline day. I did like this. Because then you get to see... All of the the debuts spread out. Last night, it was Kane and Chikrin on the same ice. That was great. You had Granlin last night. But Tarasenko's been over in New York for two weeks, right? So, I like it. I like it more like this. But deadline week, final tally. Penguins bring in Mikhail Granlund, Nick Bonino, Dmitry Kulikov. They send out Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn, Kasperi Kapanen. Obviously, I believe one prospect out in the Bonino deal and one prospect in in the Teddy Bluger deal, which I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name yet. I haven't, I haven't gotten a pronunciation. I'm not going to be able to say the pronunciation. And then, of course, a couple of picks flipped back and forth. Biggest pick of note, second rounder going out for Mikhail Granlund from this year's draft. But as Ron Hextall said he likes to do, has that first-round pick in his back pocket. Still has it. And it's going to be a good draft. So if he does make that deal to trade a first-round pick, 
It better be for somebody good. Because even though, as Rob Rossi said on the show on Wednesday, even though picks aren't as valuable as they used to be, this year it might be. It might be. But that's going to do it for this trade deadline special episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. That's going to do it for this one. Have a great weekend, Pens fans. This team is marginally better than they were two days ago. And get ready for the stretch run because at the end of the day, it's still on the backs of Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and Jari, just like we all expected it. See you guys next time.